Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeumi again. We are going through the book of Gospel of John. We are now, we finished chapter 1. We are going to chapter 2 of the Gospel of John. And as like I said in the early, in the beginning, Apostle John was recording some of the stories that the Lord Jesus Christ did or the stories about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ which Matthew, Mark and Luke did not record. Almost everything that Apostle John recorded was not found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke because Apostle John lived longer than most of them after the persecution. He came back from the exile and lived to be many years, maybe 100 years old, before he passed away, according to the stories that we heard from the book of Sibius, that they say he came out of the eyes of Patmos where he was exiled and was finally released, like the angel prophesied in the book of Revelation, that thou shalt prophesy again. But that was popular for him personally. And he came back and he lived again among them. Then during that time, perhaps he must have read what Matthew, Mark, and Luke wrote. And he said, Jesus, there are many things I'm missing that they didn't know about. So he took his pen and wrote the Gospel of John. So you can see he was telling us more about what Jesus Christ said, what he meant. And many things that happened that the others didn't write. And we are going to go to chapter 2 now. It is this chapter 2 that you see the, the water turned to wine. See, you see that in all the other apostles because they were not there and maybe they were not reported while they were still when the ministry started to so apostle john now he's reporting it because when they are like look he was following apostle paul about during the time in the acts of apostles but he was not there at the beginning so all these stories about the water turned to wine which is the first few things when christ started even Peter was perhaps not there also. But John the John Apostle John perhaps was the only one that you know, he was the only reported means that he was there, so he knew some of those things. The only other time Jesus only have three of two or three or four disciples by this time. Before he called the twelve. Now let's go on. Chapter two of John Gospel of John. And the third day, so he tried to put dates on it, he said the third day. There was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Shh. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with it? My hour is not yet come. Now, this story makes us to know that before Mary, the mother of Jesus, could come to him in a party and said and, and report to him that they have no wine, mean that he wanted Jesus to do something. And I don't think he was asking Jesus to go and help them buy wine. No, so I don't think he was because if they have no wine, maybe they run out of wine not because they 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 couldn't find wine or buy or they don't have money to buy wine. Most likely the supply was was limited in the in the city. See, most likely. 
the supply of wine could be limited. So that's all they could buy. So, but you see, Mary must have been seeing that geologically could do miracles. Maybe he has been doing some in the house before his ministry. That's our belief. Otherwise, he won't just come to Jesus Christ and say they have no wine, expecting Jesus Christ to do something. And say the answer of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, Woman, what have I to do with it? My hour is not yet come. Means my ministry to do mighty signs and wonders. He could have been saying, Well, when I started, you'll be seeing signs and wonders. Well, when we, maybe there was a time he did that in, in the house. Another time he did something like that in the house. So Mary knew that he could do some things like this. So he yes, had an opportunity to say, Well, let me go ask my son, perhaps he could help us here. And Jesus Christ said, My hour is not yet come. Like my ministry is not fully started. But before you know it, the Spirit says, go ahead and do it. That's really what it means. The Spirit goes, go ahead and do it, what the Spirit said. But Mary told, he said, this, verse 5 said, His mother said unto the servants. Now, that's how we know that the Lord must have been instructing Mary and said, when I say, do this, make sure you do it. If you do it, you will see the result. That Mary had to understand that whatever he said, you do it. Take, for example, let's say there was no salt in the house. And he said, gee, I'm cooking this and I run out of salt. Gee, and the mother is lamenting. If the son of God, if the son of God said, well, get that, uh, that uh, can of salt, shake it, and there will be salt inside it. If she doubted, nah, 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 nah. I've looked at it, there's no salt. Say, well, do, if you do what I say, you do, then you, get, you begin to get knowledge. Tell you, whatever it takes to do, do it. And maybe he did, she did it once and it happened. She did it again another time and it happened. Then she was instructing these servants to say, whatever he says to you, do it. Just telling them what she has learned from the word of Lord Jesus Christ that when I tell you something, if you do it, it will happen. So she told the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Really? Okay. So they started following Jesus around. And there were set there six water pots of stone. After the manner of the purifying of the youth, containing two or three five kings apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water. Because this disciples for us, and after maybe told them to follow him. You do something. Maybe they followed him. Look, okay, all right, okay, okay. Fill the water pots with water. And they did it. Verse 8 and he said, Draw out now and be unto the governor of the feast. And they didn't question it and say, Oh, wait, wait. Water is water now. No, he said, draw it out. Said, they, they remember what me said, just do what I told you to do. So they draw it out. Verse 9. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning does set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now, showing that this wine is superb. And was, was said, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. So they saw that first miracle, and they said, wow, they're going to see some, some supernatural, more supernatural things later. But that was the beginning. Verse 11. Verse 12. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. Now, Capernaum seems to be the place, a big city compared to Nazareth. 
where the logical first uh, made his base. That was where he did the miracle where he called the his demonic spirit out of a man in the synagogue that called attention of everybody. And you will see that in the others in the other places. But the collapse was coming and Apostle John was reporting that after this Canaan's experience of uh, Canaan of Galilee, that Jesus Christ went to Capernaum with his mother and his family, that like they moved to Capernaum. Because he being the first born of that house, he was like the responsible person. So that's why his mother moved with him and the brethren, they say the younger brothers. They are not his little babies, because we know that at least if the Lord was 30, the younger one perhaps will be 24, 25, or something like that. And they all moved to Capernaum. He said, not many days. It means like they were there for quite some time. Now, verse 13. And the Jews Passover was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, the Passover is one of the feasts. And when you look at the other place where the Bible said the Lord Jesus Christ went with the, with the parents to Jerusalem when he was just about 12 years old. That was reported by Luke, I believe. The Bible said it was the Passover. So the Passover was a feast that has been marked for the Lord Jesus Christ that you must attend the Passover. You know, when people, when little babies are born, even in, a, in the uh, cultural, or the culture of some of these uh, religious people, they will say this child is following this God, what they call God is an idol. So he has to come and visit that God in, in uh, I was I was from the tribe of Yorubaland where they have that type of fantasy type of stories. And he said this child was born to follow and he has to follow come to to the feast of that God, of that idol. So that fellow will visit. So um, uh, we believe that they must have told Mary and uh, and Barajo that if at all you can't visit, you must bring this child to every Passover. If those prophets of Israel have told them, so they will always be going. That's why it was during the Passover when he was 12 years old that Jesus Christ stayed behind Passover. And that was prophesying that he was going to be missing on the Passover, on the Passover feast, which was when he was crucified, it was the Lamb of God. It was Passover Lamb, where they killed kill the Passover Lamb. That was what he was symbolizing. And that was why every Passover he was going there until the last, the final Passover when he was sacrificed for mankind on that feast. So the Lord Jesus can always go to the to Jerusalem for, on every Passover. So now this is the first one that was reported after he began preaching. He said the Jews Passover was at hand that Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cults, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen. And poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. And said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence, make not my father's house an house of merchandise. Verse 17 And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thy house has eaten me up. Now, this story about the Lord driving them out of the temple on during the Passover's feast that he went, Apostle John pulled this one. At the beginning here, beginning of his ministry, that was that he drove them out in the, at the beginning of his ministry like that, and then there's another time in the other apostles, the other disciples, they put this driving away of the people from the temple that they are making it a, march, a house of merchandise. He drove them out. It was reported like it was like at the end, 
the final Passover or something like that, where they were asking him. Where the where, where the children were saying, Hey, it was done to the son of David. So it looked like he did it twice, also. It looked like he did it once at the beginning like this, because according to what Apostle John wrote here, nobody has recognized him much here. If it happened in chapter John chapter 2, where he said it was the Passover, and actually we know that three at least there will be three Passover that Jesus Christ went to when he was preaching. If he was ministering for three years, and Passover is once a year, also. So the third one, which was the final one, was the one where he was crucified. So this one, perhaps, was the first one where he said, the Bible apostle just said he drove the people out and they said, the zeal of their father's house has consumed me. And the, the apostles, the, the people answered him and said, verse 18, Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Verse 19, so Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple and in three days i will raise it up now because he was talking in the temple of jerusalem and he was pointing maybe he pointed his finger up and said destroy this temple people would think he was talking about the building but pointing his finger up could be himself maybe even say he did like he didn't recognize that because he was talking about the temple they were thinking of the building also but he said, destroy this temple. Whether he touched himself or he just said this temple. We know we can we, we are looking back and say this is what he meant, also. And Apostle John, who wrote this for many years later, was telling us this is what he meant. Also. He said this temple. This temple of his body, not the building that was called temple. Verse 20 said, Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and without realize it up in three days. Verse 21 says, but he speak of the temple of his body. Now, this that's why I say Apostle John was telling us what Christ meant. Which the other apostle was just telling stories. But he was telling us what he said and what he meant. Because the gospel, when he was writing this one now, the Holy Ghost had been given. So he was interpreting by the Holy Ghost to tell to write this book down for us. Verse 22. So when therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. So that's why we say Apostle John was writing this way after it has everything has happened. So he was not just telling the stories, he was also telling us what he said and what he meant by what he said, according to how we now believed it, according to what the Holy Ghost has revealed. Always 10 years, 20 years after the crucifixion and so on and so forth, after the resurrection. So you can see that Apostle John's late, uh, gospel was more deep and more, more revealing. Verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Now, that is the end of chapter 2. And I believe that the Lord will give you more insight in this chapter 2. We are going to go into chapter 3, which is a little bit longer also, but I want us to just continue so that we can have more time to do to give more more insight more revelation what the lord is telling us john chapter 3 now verse 1 there was a man of the pharisees named nicodemus a ruler of the jews the same came to jesus by night and said unto him rabbi 
we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Now, Nicodemus was said to be a teacher, a Pharisee, and past elderly. And these people have been following Jehovah for all their adult life. I never saw mighty miracles happen in their life. They may be perhaps in their 60s and 50s, serving, serving God and being in the temple, teaching other people. And here comes this man, everybody called the rabbi, Messiah. It was just like that, something else. But signs and wonders, miracles are happening. The first thing is, how did he get this power? How did he get so close to God like that? It will be the first question. If he is not God manifest in flesh, how did he get that close to God at the age of 30 something? Who was this teacher? See, that's why many people will like the where did you which school did you go to? You see. But see, that's why these people, the anyone that is humble will come and ask questions. That's what this Nicodemus came to come and investigate, to come and ask questions. They wanted to learn, you see. But they don't want to say when the other people are saying this man is false. All the other proud teachers, rulers of the temple, they were pointing to this man that he is false. We have to stop him. But the humble one will say, gee, these signs and wonders, only God can do it. So he came secretly in the night to come and humble himself. If you humble yourself, he that humble himself shall be exalted. So God told, the Lord Jesus Christ told this man something that only him, and it was reported to us, things that was mystery for ages, told this man because he humbled himself to come and ask questions. If you ask, if you are humble, you will find, say, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. If you are humble before God, God will reveal things to you. But if you are proud, my religion is better than your religion. My better, my, I'm, I'm from this, you will be disappointed that God will also be withdrawing from you because God resisted the proud. No matter what age you are. I was in a place where somebody was saying, is Islamic religion is this, is that, see? Pride. Humble yourself and come and search the scripture. You will see that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. But if you don't want to, if you don't search, you say, you that seek it, find it. So that's just by the way. So this rabbi Nicodemus came by and said, No man can do these miracles that thou do except God be with him. And that made Jesus Christ to answer and say, Verily, verily, I send to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to note that everything that Apostle John wrote down about this discussion between the Lord Jesus Christ and Rabbi was a summary of the key things that Christ said. Because if you just look at how many words here, I don't think it will last more than three minutes of discussion. But I don't think it was three minutes of discussion. But these are the key facts that Apostle John remembered by the Holy Ghost to put down for us. So I'm saying they could have had so many other words that is not key fact, but the logic went to, because you can see that this sentence of Jesus does not answer his question, except God, no man can do this miracle except God be with him. The first answer is, except you be born again. So you can say, that's not directly answer question. So they could have been some other discussion before Jesus Christ threw this one and say, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But that's the key thing that the Lord was revealing here. And that's why Apostle John remembered this and Holy Ghost put this one down for us. There will be other side, side discussion before this one. Before he put this one there. But 
Those are not necessary for us to, to know what other things they were discussing. But this is the key thing that make us to, that we are key important discussion that we need to know. And Christ said it, you must be born again. Verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, very, very answer to you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind blows where it listed, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. So in effect, Christ is saying, I tell you, for you to enter the kingdom of God, you must be led by the spirit of God. You must come to the place, to the position, the lifestyle of being led by the spirit of God. That's why I say it's like a wind. If the wind, of, if the spirit of God is leading you, you may be strange to people around you, but you are being led by an invisible being, the spirit of God. So that is what that last verse was saying, that we are like the wind that blows. But the economists couldn't understand how can this, how, how, we, how do we get there, is what was said to say. How do we get to what you're talking about? And Christ said, how are thou a master of Israel and knoweth not these things? Really, I said unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. Verse 12, if I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Now I have pointed to that Bible verse, verse 13 many times in my sermons. The Lord Jesus Christ said this one to Nicodemus. And very likely John and the apostles were listening. No man has ascended up to heaven except he that descended. But he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. The first question people have asked him, like, wait a minute, Master. Elijah went to heaven. That's what many people have said also. If you are there. Or Enoch was reported that he went to heaven. The Christ said, no man has ascended up to heaven. But he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Which means, wherever Elijah was taken to, it's not heaven. Now, we in our get better things right now because we, we, have, we have telescope, we have seen that all of those planets are Jupiter, Mars, they are far away, but they are not global. If anybody goes there, we will think heaven also because it gets out of this planet. But that is not the heaven where Christ dwells. It's a physical universe. But God was talking about the spiritual heaven where he was before and he came down from the, from the top of the cherubims. But the physical universe, the way scientists are even seeing it from the scope, if they get there, they might find that it's possible for people to live on those planets. The weather may be, may be difficult, but maybe there are other ones that other people are living far away from us. So that's why I'm saying this world, perhaps are not even they are just another world. You see. They will be classified as other worlds other than this one. That's why the Hebrew, in the book of Hebrew, chapter 1, he pointed out that God has made the worlds plural, and that world could mean other physical locations in the universe that are inhabited. See, 
And the one that we see from the Earth telescope may not be habitable like the scientists thought. They think Jupiter is bigger than the Earth, almost three times bigger. But they don't know whether anybody can live on it because they thought just like a... Uh, they have not been there, just, just looking through the telescope. They think it's just like gas. How can the gas be bigger than this Earth and just be gas or gaseous? They be solid, solid rock like we are standing upon. It's what I believe there. But we are people on it, they don't know. So those are all the things that we don't know, but there are walls out there. As the Bible said, Christ said he has created the walls. So when he said no man has ascended up to heaven, he's talking about the spiritual heaven, where he came from. Which means Elijah and Enoch were not taken to that spiritual heaven, then he must have been in another world. Also. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the truth. And he knew the truth. And he said, I've come to bear witness to the truth. And he was telling Nicodemus right there that only the Son of Man which is in heaven came down from heaven. Now I also pointed out this son of man which is in heaven. He, people always try to point to that, but he's talking about present tense. He's both in heaven and on earth. I also want to make you to see that he's talking about the experience of Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 1, let me point to that one because that may be where we are going to stop this uh, chapter. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel saw the manifestation of God and what he saw, he recorded it. He recorded it. So that we can and he said he saw on the throne one that is like unto a man but a fiery man fiery looking because he said from his loins upwards was like pillars of fire and from his loins downwards was like fire so that is the fiery man that is the son of man which is in heaven and i believe that's what christ was reporting alluding to when he said even the son of man which is in heaven Look at this in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 26. Where he said, he first saw these cherubims, and then the cherubims fly back and forth, and then when they lower their wings, and he saw that on top of the head of the cherubims was a, like a platform, that they were carrying something. And he looked at that, what they are carrying was a throne. The throne is like a chair, a big chair that kings sit on. And so on the throne, Verse 27. So I saw as the color of amber and the appearance of fire and about within it, appearance of his noise. That's the fellow that is on the throne. In verse 26, it says, Above the family that was over the eyes was the likeness of a throne, as the appearance of a servant throne. So, upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man. Above upon it. So he saw the appearance of a man. He described the man that was like a fiery man. But he was a man. That means he has hands like us, feet like us, not hoofs. We are calling a, a business. So he said, like a man. So that was the son of man which is in heaven that came down and put on human flesh. This guy said, even the son of man which is in heaven. And verse 14 of John, let me go back to John chapter 3, verse 14 says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have eternal Not that we, we have, we have it. Because Jesus Christ is eternal life. In us. Say when you have Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. What is eternal life? The life of God. It is that life of God that makes you to live a holy life. It's like a lifestyle. He gives you his lifestyle. And then that is the lifestyle that we live forever with him in this universe. While those that do not have the life of God, the lifestyle, the eternal life, they will be thrown into a lake of fire to be destroyed. So eternal life is Christ Jesus living inside us. And that's what he said in Gospel of John chapter 17. Like, this is life eternal. 
that they might know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast seen. So that is what Jesus Christ was also reporting here. He said, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So we have eternal life when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Eternal life, everlasting life are referring to the same thing. Everlasting, unending. Eternal, unending. So by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. You that is listening to me, if you are not a believer in Christ, you better come and believe because that's the only way you can get eternal life. Christ Jesus in you is eternal life. Verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 19 says, And this is the condemnation. Light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil, he tell the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth, cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. They are wrought in God. So the Lord Jesus Christ is telling us that if you, if you are seeking the truth, you are seeking to live holy, you want to come to Jesus Christ. So if you have another religion, and you think you can be an only person by doing all this, by doing that, and then you don't want Christ, then you are on your own, because you cannot get eternal life except through Jesus Christ. Now let's go to verse 22. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea. And there he tarried with them and baptized. Now Jesus Christ went and did some baptism for other people. For a purpose, perhaps, to make them see that he's, he's doing exactly what John the Baptist was already doing. Because John the Baptist already called a crowd. They were now looking at John the Baptist as this must be it. This must be it. And now John the Baptist pointed to this is the man that was to come after me. So Jesus Christ started doing something small to say. And so he wanted them to he wanted to call attention to himself away from John the Baptist. So he did go and started baptizing us. And they said, Oh, another one is also baptized. So that's what people will do in the world. Yes, a man that has been baptized, everybody is going to him. All the cities are going to him. And then very soon. So months later, yes, another man started doing his own baptism also. Wow, the people will say, well, yes, another man. Who is this fellow? And they will say, well, you know, that's the man that John the Baptist was saying is coming after him. But he's still getting a small crowd also. He's still just gathering his own little crowd. People are still coming to recognize him. So that was why he went there to call attention away from John the Baptist to what he's also doing. So that's why he said he went and started baptizing people. Verse 23 said, John also was baptized in Aaron near to Salim because there was much water there and they came and were baptized. For John was not yet cast into prison. Verse 25. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came to, Jesus, to, to John, they came to, unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, Behold, the same baptized, and all men come to him. That is, the disciples of John the Baptist were now seeing that Jesus is calling crowd again to himself, and John the Baptist's uh, crowd was reducing. So they went and reported to John the Baptist and said, That man that you bear witness to is also baptizing over there in another place over there, and people are going to him now. And what we John, we John, we make John to be jealous 
Let's see how John responded. Verse 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourself bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. So John was humble. Say, Well, I told you I am sent before him. He that has the bride is the bridegroom. But he, the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. So John the Baptist was humble. Say, I'm happy. He's calling more crowds. Yeah, that's what has been said. I'm, he's, he's going to take over. He must increase, but I must decrease. That's what, I suppose, what John the Baptist told him. But that is one. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly. And speaking of the earth, he that cometh from heaven is above all. He say, saying, Jesus Christ came from heaven. So he's above all of us. And what he has seen and heard, that he testified. And no man received his testimony. He that has received his testimony has said to his zeal that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. And that is where we first say, Jesus Christ does not have just a measure of the Holy Ghost. It is the old Godhead inside this body called Jesus Christ. So that's why he said that God giveth not the Spirit to him by measure. Every one of us receive by measure. That is, out of his fullness we are receiving part. He gives this one, Apostle. Give this one. That he is all in one. He's all everything. Apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher. He is everything. Because he is God manifested in the flesh. And it is the old Spirit of heaven. The Godhead was in him bodily. The Godhead was in Christ Jesus bodily. See, that's what the Bible said. For, verse 34, For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by, him, by measure unto him, not by measure. The Father loveth the Son, and has given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. Now, take note of that, it's a very strong word. He that believeth on the Son, that the Son of God, as everlasting, you have it already, everlasting life, if you believe. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Take, take close caution of that. Take close, atten pay attention to that Bible verse. If you believe in the Son of God, you have everlasting life. If you don't believe, you, you, are, you cannot see life. You can't even see. And the wrath of God is already abiding upon the whole world. Those that believe in the Son of God are just escaping the wrath of God and getting everlasting life. And the same Apostle John wrote it in First Epistle of John, chapter 5, verse 10, saying that God gave us, God wants to save mankind and say, This is how I'm going to do this time. I'm going to put this eternal life in my son. So that you guys just take my son into you and you have eternal life. God said, Take my son inside you and then you have eternal life. God is in the son and the son in us. Christ said, The father in me and I in them. That's how we are going to get that immortality back. And I pray that the Lord will open your understanding. We will continue this in the next broadcast and explain further. We have finished chapter 3. And I pray that the Lord will bless you as we continue this Gospel of John. Amen.